This guy is the worst ambassador, perhaps, in the history of the golf ambassador. Why do you game. say that? Why? So, Cobra guy playing TaylorMade driver. He's been a flight scope ambassador forever. And how many pictures, videos, whatever you got of him toting a Foresight GC quad for the LA golf ambassador team. And he's played a Project X. And I'm, I'm guessing he doesn't drive a Bentley or fly net jets. I, I bet he drives a Bentley. What is up, everybody? No putts given. How you living? Tony and Chris, we're back at Golf Spy T at Golf Spy C. Find us, follow us, ask us questions, Tony. We're wearing blue hats and blue shirts today. What happened? You know, I'm, I'm very disappointed in myself. I think I wore this hat last week. I tried and mix it up a I little bit. Did. I just I think yeah, you did. It's terrible. Terrible. Let's just, need get some a new, new hats with some, maybe one with some numbers on it. Uh, is that an is area it? code? No, 773 is the longest hole at my home course. Par five. It's 773 yards. Did, did they did they sell that hat in the pro shop or? They do. They okay. actually do. <laughs> the, I made it myself. Made that in your, uh, made I just that write in your down. No, yeah. Next week I'm gonna have one that's like 184. You know, my favorite par three or something. I don't know. Maybe that'll be like the new way we give away Japanese head covers. Is you'll just show up <laughs> with a hat with numbers on it, and somebody's got to figure out. out figure out what those numbers actually are. Oh man, well, it's All a big it. week here, Tony. Big All week. Big week. Most wanted driver. We always start at the top, the bang. Most people are excited about it. So we got all of that data to kind of go through with people today. And playing golf under the influence, Tony. Not the influence you're thinking, or maybe I'm thinking, but a different kind of influence involving three-dimensional objects. That hat will start with a a, a dot, like point eight something. <laughs> Yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nope, we're talking about pyramids of influence and, uh, you know, some of the things going on in the world and how on earth do we make sense of these and what do we do? But we're going to get there. We'll, we'll get to that stuff uh, here in a minute. Most wanted driver, Tony. Let's just dive right in. We're going to talk kind of category by category, try to give you a brief overview. Obviously, the article goes way more in depth on, on some of this stuff, but who won? We'll start with the winners. Who won? Our top overall pick overall being sort of we, we have three classes of metrics. We have distance, accuracy, and forgiveness. To arrive at an overall winner, we aggregate those. We skew a little bit, not super heavy, but a little bit towards distance because this is a driver. And I think it's fair to assume that most people are buying distance first and looking at some other stuff ancillary to that. But we split it okay. out if, if you want to look at that other stuff. But yeah, to dive in, our most wanted driver, 2023 best overall. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. TaylorMade Stealth Plus. Stealth 2. Plus. Yeah, Stealth, Stealth 2, two plus. plus. Oh, my God. Yeah. Forgetting. Yep. I, I need a hat with the numbers on it so I know what's up. <laughs> Stealth help. 2 Plus. Uh, Runner-up. Cobra Aerojet One, <laughs> original Aerojet LS, the first, the first regional airline. Yep. And, yes, and just to make sure we cover all the bases, uh, finishing in third place, the Taylor Mate. Or excuse me, wow, we're off to an wow. auspicious start today. You were under Titleist. I am on fire. <laughs> uh, Titleist TSR 
three. So if we call right. Aerojet one, we've got a one, two, and a three. Stealth right, two plus podium gold. Stealth two plus plus second place. Cobra, Aerojet, Aerojet LS. LS and third place TSR three from Titleist. That's your overall. When we have these overall rankings, people always lose it. Well, this one, you know, it was this for this and that for that. Point is, you don't have to be the best in every single category to be the most wanted, but you got to be pretty good everywhere. Yeah, you got to be well-balanced. And again, the reason in part that we split out these into additional categories, segmented, if you will, is that gives everybody the ability to kind of choose their own adventure a little bit. So if you want to just dive in for forgiveness or you want to have a formula that makes forgiveness 80% of the score and accuracy 10% and distance 10%, whatever it is, right? Right. Have it your way, but this is how we do it, and this is our overall winner. TaylorMade Stealth 2. Yep. So based on our metrics, based on our criteria and how we wait, there it is. But what if I just want the longest? driver tony i'm okay i'm like hey you know what i'll figure out forgiveness on my own i just want i'm going in i want horsepower what is the most horsepower what was just our longest long- driver of 2023 cobra aerojet ls there you go okay so if you want long and you don't want to dive into the data too too much say hey based on you know what is it, 15, 14,000 shots, whatever it was? Yeah, 15-ish. More thousand, than 15. Yeah, it's a lot of shots. 1,000 golf shots, Aerojet, L- uh, Aerojet LS. What else Lists. is in that category? Lists. TaylorMade Stealth 2 Plus, plus finishes plus. second. And in third, the Shrixon ZX-5. LS, MK, or do we say Mark? I don't know what the pronunciation there is. Do you buy vowels? Do you insert insert R's? We'll call it MK. ZX5, LS, MK2 is your third place finisher for distance. Really, really close, though, in our scoring system. And if it's close in our scoring system, it means it's close by actual yardage as well. Uh, Third, fourth, fifth. And again, fourth, Stealth 2, fifth, Callaway Paradigm, Triple Diamond. Super, super, super narrow margins there for okay. those three. Uh, so, yeah, there there you have it. There's our there's our longest. There you have. And again, you can, cup. you can cut, you can slice, you can dice it kind of however you want to. And we'll have more articles and things coming out as we kind of slice and dice those up ourselves based on certain things. Maybe it's swing speed. Maybe it's on, you know particular types of bias like fade bias or draw bias or you know things like that but this is the big picture right this is kind of the macro level view and i hit it really really far tony but i just want accuracy i'm not saying that's me i'm saying if i did say that i just want i need accuracy yeah so our accuracy category we aggregate two metrics um but uh, one of these, I think, came directly from Lou Stagner, and the other we kind of tweaked uh, what he gave us. So the first is what we call straight shot percentage. And you can you can think of it as an enhanced fairway wood percentage. It sort of normalizes the fairway width based on distance. So if I hit it a little further, yeah, I'm not you, penalized if it goes a little bit more offline. Because it's easy to easier to hit it you know, 200 yards, but if I hit it 250 270, 280, 
we make that fairway a little bit wider the it, further you hit it, right? It's Yeah, we do a lot of this in our test where if you want to call the golf course a whole, the field of play, what we do is try and normalize it based on how far golfers hit it so that in some cases, long hitters aren't in a disadvantage. And likewise, because we're aggregating all this, we don't, all this data, we also don't want the long hitters to be the guys that count the most in the test, everything, sure. try and keep a nice balance. And then the other, the other uh, accuracy metric we use is what we call uh, playable shot percentage. The idea is like, okay, maybe it wasn't awesome. Maybe it wasn't in the fairway, but you know what? I'm still going to have a look at a green probably on a golf course. I might be hacking kill the rough a little bit. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not over yonder. You know, I'm, I'm going to find it. I'm going to hit it. And I've still got a shot at, at a par from, yeah. from where I am. So that those are kind of the two metrics. And so with that build up out of the way, uh, first place, last year's most wanted winner, the Ping G425 Max. Second yep. place, TaylorMade Stealth 2 Plus. Golfers okay. hit it straight. Our testers hit it straight. And so accuracy scored really good. And that's your runner up. And then third place, the other G Max driver, the G430 Max, uh, finishes third. And again, third, fourth, fifth, pretty tightly bunched. So you got your G430 Max third, Paradigm X fourth and fifth, the Torridge Exotics E. 723 and i will say uh just in terms of kind of the the stretch across the leaderboard drivers tend to be more similar for accuracy and more similar for forgiveness than they are for distance there's actually a little more spread in for distance so just something to think about uh, yep as you do your driving. yeah shopping. how tightly packed these are right it's yep. i mean it's good to think of it maybe a little bit like, you know, watching world-class sprinters or something where, you know, a, hundred, a hundredth of a second here, a tenth of a second there could be the difference between first and 11th. But when you look at that in, in all actuality, right, you know, the pragmatic reality is if it's in the top 10, if it's in the top five, we're just highlighting the top couple, three, four, you know, really look at that separation from maybe very top of the list to would we test 35 drivers? Is that? Yeah, we, plus? I mean, and again, this is all, everything falls on a distribution curve. So we would expect that the top two or three, depending on the category, are going to be your, your standouts. And then your next tier down, it's, it's pretty broad where everything is, is pretty similar. And yeah, once you get to the bottom, you, you do have things that stand out for other not reasons. So good reasons, <laughs> but yeah. So right. it's, it's, you know, it's important to kind of keep your head about this a little bit, I think. Yeah, so, well, you got to make sure you know what, where the clunkers are as, as well, and we're highlighting those, but we're not saying, geez, if it's not in that top three, it's you know, it's yeah, junk. That's yeah, not it at all. No, if anything, no. it's it's just the opposite. So, and you do, and and sometimes too, when you get to those to those bottom stuff, you get some really niche stuff as well. Like the uh, you know, we talk about the G four thirty SFT, we talk about SFT for generations, where yeah. If you're looking for distance, it's not going to shine. But if you want a really consistent club that's going to fight your slice better than anything else on the market, yeah, there you go. So different ways to kind of consume it and think about it and, and things like that, which is, again, why we break it up the way we do. Yeah, and we talked about this before, too, and you'll see more content like this coming from us as we kind of, you know, chop up the data and things on our own a little bit too, but you know, question I feel like we get a little bit is, Hey, did it do what it was supposed to do metric? You know, mm -hmm. like, yeah, you know, if it's designed as a shovel, how well did it 
dick. If it's designed to fight a slice, how well did it do what it was intended to do? And again, when we have 15,000 shots and, and this high-level testing, we're not going to get into all those individual scenarios right out of the gate. We will eventually, but right out of the gate, that's not necessarily what each category is testing for. So like you said, keep your head about some of these things. Forgiveness. Um, we all need a little more forgiveness in our life, Tony, don't we? Yeah. Who doesn't so want forgiveness, a little forgiveness? Real quick. Forgiveness, what is it? Three metrics. We look at ball speed, essentially how, how close together was the speed of your best shots from your worst shots. So we do that with ball speed. Same metric for carry distance. How how close together was your longest from your shortest? And tighter is better. And then the final metric is what we've called shot area or dispersion, which the simple way you know, there's a formula is a little more complex. You're, you're dealing with confidence intervals and things like that. But the really simple way is draw a circle around your shots and tighter is better. Smaller circle is better. Smaller ellipses, smaller circles are better. This sounds a little to me like you know, forgiveness sounds a little bit to me like consistency. That's exactly. That is what like, we're going for. Forgiveness is a consistency metric. And this is one of the things that gets gets a little difficult to understand and, and even stomach in some cases. But but yeah, forgiveness is essentially consistency. And so one could argue that if you have a driver, let's say it's a really bad driver, and mm -hmm. every shot you hit Right. Goes ninety yards left and two hundred and twenty yards that way, but they're all right there. Yeah, that that's gonna look really good. And you know, that's this is again, it's 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 all what you're looking for. But we think, in terms of correlation with MOI, the the ball speed metric is probably the closest. Um, but then when we start looking at those other things like shot area, and and your carry deltas as well, that's where you start to think about practical delivery. So if you're yeah. going to do a test on a robot and you're going to clank it off the heel, you're, you're probably going to get results that align nicely with sure. MOI and things like that. But in reality, if I clank one off the heel, it's probably because I cut across it and left the face wide open. And so that fundamentally changes the dy dynamics. And this is one of the things right. we've talked about before. There are different ways of getting to forgiveness. So MOI is one. Sometimes lower spin drivers, because they tend to have more consistent spin, will right. actually produce more consistent results depending on the player. So big picture takeaway on the forgiveness metric is we look at way more than MOI. So Yeah. So introduction out of the way. But I think this is important because like I think, you know, coming from a consumer standpoint, thinking like, okay, when I hit it, you know, dead nut center and it's perfect and everything's ideal. I'm going to get great results, right? We've all had those shots. But the question in the forgiveness category really comes into play. When I don't do that, how close are my results to when I do do that? So basically, forgiveness too is like how good are my bad shots? How good are my mediocre shots? And how good are my awful shots? And there, there's so much that goes into it too. When you talk about MOI, it's typically, all right, how do we preserve speed all over the face? Right. But, but sometimes... For whatever reason, you'll have a, a driver with a lower MOI value, but golfers hit it closer to the center more often. Right. So that's going to play out as more forgiving because, again, if you're if you're going to – the most forgiving driver, I've said this before, is the one you hit closest to the center more often. And then you, know, yeah. you look at other things, obviously. But, again, different ways to think about it. It's not just a single value on a gauge. 
mm-hmm. or two values on a gauge if you want to look at heel, toe, and top to bottom. So but who, anyway. Who shined the brightest in forgiveness slash consistency? Tor Edge. E, the Exotics E723, which is the higher MOI of the two Exotics models we tested. Real standout for forgiveness. Again, looking at consistency, maybe not the best result every time, but a consistent result often. How's mm-hmm. that? Uh, Ping G430 SFT is the runner-up, and we talked about this one is just for for the guy. For the guy who needs to kill a slice, this is just time and time again hits this list. And again, not the highest MOI of the Ping drivers, but man, does it, it seem to work for the golfer it, it needs to work for. And then third place, Callaway Paradigm X which is an interesting one because this was, if you remember how Callaway kind of positioned these, the X could be a replacement for either the draw model or the standard rogue, depending on the player. And and here we find this. Yeah. It, it just holds up really well, strong showing for, for paradigm X as well. And then four and five TSR three and, and stealth two HD. So TSR three, a little bit of an outlier. And that's the one where you're probably benefiting from a head that isn't wildly unforgiving anyway, but also a right. little bit of a, that low spin benefit we talked about. I have a question, Tony. Sure. So based on what I just heard you say there, if we include the top five models, three of the top five are the designated draw or draw capable type models. And they are the higher, they are the higher MOI offerings. They tend to be the higher. So actually four of the five really fall into that category, although because the SFT isn't the highest MOI offering in, in the ping lineup, but it's, but it's it is draw enabled yeah. or draw, yeah. um, whatever you want to call it. Right. Right. Draw ish. And yeah, just, just an interesting point of note in there. So, you know, again, you've been looking at this data for weeks. Um, I've been looking at it for minutes and some things jump out as kind of surprising, you know, and that can be, it's like when I tell my wife, Oh, that's interesting. She's like, interesting how? <laughs> like, interesting, you know. So what jumped out to you, both either good and bad? Because that that's part of the reason we test the way that we do, right? Because there are winners and losers. And I know we don't always like that, and that's not fun. Nobody wants to be told they have an ugly baby. But some babies are ugly, sure. and it happens. You should put that on a hat. Ugly. Some babies are ugly. Um yeah. So what surprised you in, in, in kind of either direction, good or or not so good? So one of the things that stood out, Mizuno STX model. 230. Yes, the 230 STX. Uh, it's draw E, right? Draw-ish is how Vosch described it. We didn't yep. see that in testing. It actually had a right side bias. Uh, and, and we do wonder, right? You wonder kind of, hey... What happened there? Why did that happen? And one of the things we're looking at, uh, some people have commented in the article, Philip has obviously double-checked his measurements, but this is a driver with a, a stated spec of 45 inches. We measured everything we have at 46. So a little bit of length, hmm. typically a little harder control. So maybe maybe that's there. So that was a little surprising, obviously, for a couple of reasons. Uh, Paradigm X kind of jumped out at me as a positive, like really strong performer from the Callaway lineup. And, and the triple diamond was long for sure, but the X yeah. X just seemed to be well-balanced. And so this is a case where this is when we look at it and go, okay, let, let's make sure people understand that maybe this isn't just the draw bias. This is one with a little right. bit of forgiveness, accuracy. It's not short necessarily. So I think 
I think, yeah, that was, that was one that kind of stood out on the positive side for me as well. Yeah. I think quick question to that on that with the, with the Mizuno one, what it made me think of too is sometimes we'll see this stuff in testing where a result doesn't necessarily line up with an intention, meaning you get a model, like let's say in this case, that's so designated as draw ish or draw bias and say, okay, based on CG location, MOI, all the specs, lie angle, blah, 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 people should hit this a certain way. And then our testing data goes, hmm, but they didn't. So it begs the question, what happened? We saw this with a TaylorMade club not long ago. And part of what we found out in chatting with TaylorMade is they saw some of the same things internally as well in player testing. And it had a lot to do with the visual of what it looked like at address. And because of that visual, there was enough data to support the notion that people did certain things. Maybe it appeared a little bit more open and it changed their swing path a little bit or whatever the case was. And it ended up having more right side bias than the metrics would or the design said it should, which is again, another reason you're, you're never going to get that type of result off a robot, right? A robot yeah, is sure. going to be visually influenced to to do something. But in reality, say, oh, okay, well, we, maybe we need to change how, how we do this because we want it to act a certain way. Um, so just made me think of that. That's yeah, you do see that sometimes in testing where, and it, it's probably more prevalent in the driver category than anything else where, great example, right? If a guy puts it down and goes, oh, this this looks closed to me. So he opens it up and all right, now you've got this draw bias <laughs> right. driver that is now going right because right. the golfer introduced that right side bias by cranking it open. And it works the other way where, you know, sometimes this looks open and let me close it and now it's going left. And so, or even, uh, I don't like the way this looks, I'm, I'm seeing too much loft. So let me try and lean it forward. Shut so, it down. Yeah. Yeah. Just infinite number of ways that a golfer can react to a golf club, whether it's the way it feels. So these and we looked at the static weight of these Mizunos uh, they came in a little heavier. And so, Hey, that, that could be somebody, maybe that's what we're seeing in the testing is golfers reacting to the weight. So any number of things can yeah. like that can influence obviously the, the test itself. Mm-hmm. Big, uh, big surprise for me. And then I know you got, I think another one on your list there that that's kind of interesting, but um if we look at the survey data from last year, so the consumer survey data, Cobra didn't score as high as I would have scored it individually, right? And, and again, metrics, you know, big picture, small picture, whatever. But Aerojet LS, distance, feel, the metrics seem to support that. Again, it always seems like it's like most wanted winner adjacent. Like it is right there and we've said it historically you know you know, you know what the data supports <laughs> what is the, the data, data support? the data supports me saying i told you so is what that supports because i when we yeah. first saw that one that was the one i was like yes i i get it people cobra isn't at the top of anybody's list or not many people's list but that was one i was i was hitting i'm like this is the sleeper this is the one that's just mm-hmm. gonna be you're gonna be sneaky yep. it's not gonna work for everybody but no, man, no. like if you are if you are kind of that low lowish spin guy looking to maximize distance, my God, yeah, I told that was you my, so. Yeah, I told you. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to the notion like, oh, Cobra's back. I don't think they ever left mm. in that regard. But if yeah, they want, 
if somebody wanted to make the argument that, you know, hey, they finally, quote, you know, kind of finally put it together. There were some things about, you know, rad speed that it was like, God, that's really good, but fill in the blank, you know, prior to that speed zone, you know, okay, speed zone, you know, it was really good, except fill in the blank. Um, you'd make an argument that, that they put it all together in, in uh, Aerojet. And so that, that was my biggest surprise kind of looking through this in, in a positive sense is, um, like I said, I told you, so <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably, uh, probably a fair way to say it. So what else, anything else jump out to you? Tony? Yeah, just, just one thing I'll point out. So we've in the past, we've asked testers for subjective feedback. We'd like, Hey, you know, tell us what you like. This time we, we kind of formalized <laughs> it a little bit more, actually had them take surveys. So yeah. we asked them to, to rank look, sound, feel, and likelihood of purchase. Like, hey, which, which of these drivers in the test are you, would you most likely purchase? And, and while that's, you know, may or may not in some cases be supported by the data. I think it's kind of <laughs> reflective of what may happen if somebody were to go into this mythical fitting environment and demo 35 drivers or how many there were. So based on that question, it was really interesting kind of how this shook out at both ends. So for looks, sound, feel, and likelihood of purchase, uh, Titleist TSR3 ran the table. So it was first for all of those things. And that's not to say it was everybody's pick, right? Not everybody picked it first, but we kind of, it's a 10 point system and we take an average and there you go. And so the TSR3 finished tops across the board. So there's your good, your bad. Bottom across the board was the Touredge E7. What number is that? Yes, that would make sense. It's I got the view. numbers, so, Tony. I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. Yeah, <laughs> and your hat's almost correct too. It so was the close. E, the E723 was at the bottom for all but one category, and the one that that it didn't finish last in the Torridge E or C723 finished last. So we got some good results out of the E, but um, it was not popular with testers. So again, a case of data not aligning with perception which is interesting yeah. that is what it is so there you go there's your most wanted 23 quick version driver roundup i'm sure yep. we'll have more to say about it we will and that's i was gonna say that's my other takeaway uh, so is, did i did i mention that i told you so on you Aerojet? okay it told me up, so I, I told, people should have listened but listen i'm always intrigued tony by what we're gonna find when we start digging through this even more like i said there's gonna be more tidbits and things that we take out of this as we further analyze for trends and things and, and all of that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, it's a lot to go through and a lot, uh, you know, a lot of information and uh, hopefully consumers find it helpful. If you got more questions, driver stuff, post them, let us know. We'll, we'll see what we can do to, uh, to help you out. Tony, we all play golf under the influence. Of marketing. transfusions, oh, <laughs> not not those kind of influences, but we all play golf under the influence of of marketers and things, and and you know, some people might find this shocking, but every uh, equipment company, every manufacturer wants to sell you their product. They want to get their product in front of you as often as they can and convince you that it's better than this option, better than that option. It's the option you want and it does check out it does it does, check, it does out. check out but we're seeing some shifts in this uh pyramid of influence i'm not going to call it a paradigm of influence and shifts because that'd be 
tying things together. But things are changing, Tony. Is this a new trend? And specifically, I'm talking about um, social media teams. No laying up. Good, good. Uh, Barstool Sports as an entity. So social media entities aligning with a single manufacturer for what purpose? So let's just kind of talk through what, I mean, what's the deal? What's going on here and why? It's, it's definitely a shift or an addition, an enhancement. I don't know. I don't know if we're seeing a total shift, but yeah, you are seeing situations where influencers, and I use that, that word as a kind of a catch-all, but it means different things. Like no laying up is, is kind of a unique one, right? Because they do kind of that YouTube influencing stuff like the sure kind of hey we're gonna go play golf and check this out and show you a cool course and, and that kind of thing but also they do sort of i would say uh enhanced media improved pga tour media coverage so they're they're kind of they operate in a different in a couple different spaces so that's that's unique and then but they're aligned with titleist right and really the first of this kind of call it a media team, a social uh, influencer team, whatever you want to call it, more than one right. person. It right. kind of did like jump from another OEM, right? Previously affiliated, aligned with Callaway, now with Titleist. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think, I think if you look at it, fundamentally coming out of COVID, the idea is like, all right, hey, golf has changed. We have a new a new type of golfer. It's not necessarily the the country club core anymore. It's younger, it's less formal, less serious, whatever the word is, right? More of a blue jean and mm-hmm. t-shirt, perhaps, right? Much as people hate that. Um, so you've got that going on. So I think, yeah, that fundamentally the game has has changed or, or who participates in the game has evolved. And it makes sense then that the, the influencer culture, whether that once upon a time, right, it was your PGA pro or your club pro, We've, right. we've seen it shifting for a while. Influencers aren't new. Maybe this idea of an influential team is a little bit different. Kind of the whole team changing uniforms, I guess you would say. But um, yeah, I think I I don't know how prevalent it's going to be because I mean, how many how many of these groups are there really that that are are more than one person and have a large following? What do they do? Like, so I get you know the old paradigm, if you will. Okay, your local pro, this person plays X club, got it. Okay, I get these one-on-one associations, right? <clears throat> Maybe to a degree you would see that on, on tour. Hey, so-and-so plays, you know, this particular brand of clubs. I like that person. I'm going to play those clubs as well. I get that. We saw it with, you know, we've seen it with Paige. We've seen it with Mark Crossfield. We've seen it with other people where an individual is aligned with a particular brand or company in an effort to right create influence be like oh i really like what mark says crossfield's a bright guy he's fun and engaging i'm gonna play blank but he was with titleist now he's with strixon right so it's like oh well okay how does that all kind of shake out and work out what does good good do or what does barstool do from a marketing branding perspective what am i supposed to buy because i like barstool what am i supposed to buy because i like good good or no laying up or whomever it doesn't really matter who they are or who they're aligned with what am i supposed to do as a consumer because of that 
I guess, right? If if I think Barstool is cool or I think Good Good is cool and they're affiliated with this brand and they're playing the products and in some cases giving those products away and things like that, well, then m- maybe that brand is cool and, hey, I like those guys. I like this brand. I'm going to play their stuff. I don't I mean, it's it, there's definitely you're at least one step removed from the process, but I think it's, it's just another vehicle to put products in front of faces. Uh, I have a buddy who... He doesn't do it anymore, but he worked for a company that basically handled a lot of the ad stuff for bigger companies, distribution, okay. things like that. And basically he's like, look, the strategy is is not, you know, it's not rocket science. It's just keep putting it in front of your face. Like if you see it enough times and there's formulas, like if I see this X number of times, I'm I'm probably going to buy it. So I think it's, it's mm-hmm. just a way to get more eyes on product. And again, if you can draw that, hey, I like these guys and they play Callaway, cool. Callaway's cool. I'm going to play Callaway. I love these barstool guys. I'm, and they've got tailor-made stealths. I'm going to go stealth twos. Uh, I'm going to go do that. And no laying up, right? I love those guys. I follow them, listen to their podcasts. I watch their videos. Oh, their titles. Oh, guys. yeah. Titlist. Yeah, exactly. So that's, I mean, I think it is, you know, sort of a, a new approach to the same old, same old. Is it fair to say... Because I've already heard some of this, people go, "Oh, well, I'm not going to buy X because of these Yahoos on the in their YouTube." Stuff. Is it is it fair <laughs> to like... say if 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 you're not responding uh... to that, or if you're responding in the you know get off my lawn kind of way? Guess what? They're not yeah. trying to market to you. They're they're trying to market to different demographics yeah. and people based on what they think they can sell you. But if you respond to that type of approach negatively. You're probably not the target demographic for that particular movie. I, I just I, I can't believe that there was anybody who was like, I'm gonna go buy a paradigm driver and then they saw, oh, they 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 signed good good or they have a partnership with good good. I'm not no, I'm out. No, you're not. Right. Because if you like you I, I just don't know who fundamentally has a problem with it because if you truly don't care, then okay, I don't care. Like I don't I don't care because I don't watch good good. And I don't follow Barstool and I catch very little of no laying up. And I don't mean that to be disrespectful to anybody. I'm fully aware of their their size and their <laughs> scope and, and the following they have. It's just like I, right. I live in this golf stuff every day. So as soon as I step away from the part that directly goes to my job, let, let's talk about woodworkers on YouTube. Like that that's kind of where I'm at right now in my time. So I don't I don't follow <laughs> golf YouTubers, but I, I get it. Parallel here is you can bet like I'm like, hey, I like this guy. He seems credible. He seems like a good dude. What tools mm-hmm. is he using? Like, what's he got? What is that saw? Well, all right, I'm I'm gonna look at that brand. Maybe I'm maybe I'm not not saying I'm gonna buy it, but it has right. certainly made me aware of what he has in his toolbox. And I assume it works the same way in golf. And if I see it enough times and I need it, and I'm like, oh, what the guy? Oh, yeah, all right, sure. let's, let's go with that because yeah. I don't know. And that's it. It I, I guess fundamentally it is to appeal to a guy who may not be invested in the level of detail, who's not super engaged with every minute detail of performance and, and all the stuff that we care very deeply about at My Golf Spy, it is for right. the other guy. That guy who's not going to be in invest, as invested in specs, probably isn't going to go get fitted even, mm-hmm. but but is just looking for something that, hey, well, you know, I'm looking for something that I think is kind of cool and I'm going to get steered to that by these guys who I think are kind of cool. So, so assuming that again, pretty much the same model applied to a different type of golfer. So assuming that money isn't infinite 
and and companies are watching their dollars closely in terms of what's impactful and what isn't and how does that work if we're seeing you know maybe more dollars and things or, or at least some kind of resources allocated to social media teams are we seeing it taken away from other traditional forms like your we're going to put a bunch of money into this one professional golfer that plays on tour and hope that that's going to move the needle like are we seeing less of that well i think i think the pot of money right now is a little bigger than it's been previously so i think maybe you're just adding to that bottom line but i think i think realistically the market is going to contract and so decisions maybe in a year or two will have to be made do we put this into an an influencer versus a, a traditional ambassador. And I think maybe the word should be new ambassador versus traditional ambassador. Sure. But I think those decisions will need to be made, but I think ultimately at this point, golf companies have hard enough time quantifying how much value <laughs> they get out of a tour pro. Right. Like, and, and the example I always give, like who is, who is the needle mover in golf? Tiger. Tiger okay. Woods. I think I think most everybody would agree with it. Nobody's going to come back at me and go, "No, Tiger's not the biggest needle mover." Even right now, Tiger is the biggest needle mover. Sure, right? Tiger's the needle. Yep, he was Nike Golf for how long? A decade right. or more. That right. company with with the needle mover never achieved more. I don't think they got to double digit market share in any category. He did not move the needle. I mean, maybe they chances are they'd have been less than nowhere without right. him, but. He right. didn't have a substantial influence. He did not catapult them into relevance. Exactly. They were never on the same level with TaylorMade or Callaway or Titleist. Tiger Woods could not get them a little bit. Bridgestone. Tiger is their ambassador. Right. We're, like Bridgestone makes a, a solid product. I love those guys. But if you look at the market share numbers of the ball that Tiger plays and others like it, right. it barely registers. It's sub 5% and probably half of that. Right. So moving the needle on the equipment side, Tiger doesn't do it. I don't know if Good Good can do it. I don't know if No Laying Up can really do it. But you are raising awareness against among a different crowd. So maybe, but I, I think it's going to be so tough to quantify. Yeah, and, so when, and, and so you don't know, right? The other guy's throwing money at influence. I'm all right. Let's just spread it around and, and see if we get anywhere. But, you know, I yeah. look out. Who's next on the list? Not not so much anymore, but once upon a time, right? There was Tiger was number one, and who was the, the next on the list? Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler, absolutely. Cobra guy forever, even when he was yep. playing well. What again? Right. They are not in that same that same tier in terms of dollar share, market share, whatever you whatever, you know, any kind of sales metric you want to look at, the needle mover did not get them there, or the the next guy on that list. So Right, you're not going to have a significant impact. Maybe you're trying to stay just a little ahead of the other guys. I don't see much evidence that any guy catapults you. Maybe a group of guys does. I don't know. I mean, certainly if you look on tour with the Titleist approach, it's not have one big name. It's like just get a lot of people and pay them a little bit. Yeah, and if they choose to leave, so be it. Um, yeah, you know, seen that with with some this year. I I, I think the bigger question is what matters like it's and, and to what end and, and we're not going to solve that today but it's like yeah how many how much presence do you need to have on the major tours to say that you have tour validated 
performance. If you're not going to win the count every week or whatever, what's you know kind of the money ball concept? I'm sure, right? Is is how much money do we really need to put into these different areas, and what are we getting back? But like you said, if you can't measure those things, and then how are you supposed to assess whether they're working or not? So how many clubs does a social media team sell for you in a given year? Don't know. They're going to have to figure those things out because obviously companies are putting forth money into that. Um, you know, so ultimately they have to figure out if it works for them or not. But, you know, one person it's not working for, Tony? Who's that? Bryson. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to finish up with a mailbag question oh, here that we big got. Bison. Tony. Five minutes. We're gonna oh, not okay. we're gonna spend not more than five minutes on this, but the question came in. Should any golf equipment company touch Bryson now? Oh, absolutely Go. not. No. I mean you I'm trying to think if there would be a worse given given how much you have to pay traditionally a guy like Bryson, I, I'm trying to think how worse is there a worse way to spend that money. Now that equation changes if he wins a major, maybe, maybe, but he he plays on live right now. So, I uh, those CW, opportunities. I mean, are, I, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much revenue gets driven by golfers who play on the CW. That that remains to be seen. But just historically speaking, this guy is the worst ambassador, perhaps in the history of the golf ambassador. Why do you game. say that? Why? My God. Why do you say so that? So the last one. I mean, granted, he was technically out of contract with Cobra, so a little bit loose here, but. Played the Stealth 2 driver in a tournament, which probably effectively put the nail in the relationship. Right. Got that. So, Cobra guy playing TaylorMade driver. I mean, he's been a flight scope ambassador forever. And how many Mm -hmm. pictures, videos, whatever you got of him either using, walking around, toting a Foresight GC quad. So, you know, flight scope pays him. Foresight's reaping the benefits on the other end. And yeah, he uses flight scope too, but you see the quad an awful lot in Bryson's hands. Part of the LA golf ambassador team, I guess, whatever you call that. And he's played a project X in the same tournament. He's like, I supposedly repping these products, but you know, all the time you can see me with these. I'm I'm guessing he doesn't drive a Bentley or fly net jets. I think that's at this point. <laughs> he I, I bet he drives a Bentley if it's given to him. But I you know, I think as as companies go through and, and you know we're It's also in insufferable, dark. let's be honest about that too. Oh god. No kidding. And we're we're kind of in this dark period here where we don't really know how these things are gonna shake out because so many of the contracts were written without Pre-live. any yeah, without any type of understanding or ability to change based on the dynamics that we've seen in the last year or two with Live, with these other things. So companies, they're trying to figure this out, right? And so we'll see more and more of this as things come up for renewal and say, okay, now how are we going to address this? But people like Bryson may just be SOL because, one – if you're really, really tough to work with, I, I think companies are going to take a close, especially if they're able to figure out, and this kind of ties back to our other topic, let's say Good Good does sell a lot of clubs for Callaway, which they very well may. Let's say No Laying Up does help do things for Titleist, which they very well may. They go, why are we busting our asses to work with this oh. petulant middle you know, middle schooler 
and we're paying yeah. them X amount when we can get more return by working with people that are in touch or in front of our target audience. Why would we continue to bang our heads against I mean, this wall? I mean, they seem yeah. like good guys, all of them. They got to be way easier to work with than Bryson. I mean, more fun. Like at some point, you just alleviating headaches for the people who work for your company is a win. And I don't like nobody needs that Bryson headache. Nobody wants that Bryson headache. I mean, nope. doesn't want a guy storming into an R and D room and telling you everything you're doing wrong. You don't want a guy who goes on TV and, and talks about how the driver you work with develops sucks. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's yeah. He's, I get the argument. I get the argument. Oh, he's on live. He's making, he doesn't need their money. I'm like, I get it. He doesn't huh. need the money, but no, man, that guy does a lot it's of equipment. weird things with equipment and he needs a lot of support to, to do all this crackpot mad scientist stuff that he does. And uh -huh. good luck without he, it. Yeah. Like, nobody needs that. No, you're, you're on your own. Good luck. That is the irony of all of this in these individual situations where take somebody else like a Pat Perez. Pat doesn't have the same unique uh, club requirements <laughs> as somebody else. This like I'm unique sure in a different way, but sure. He, but but he could walk into a PJ Superstore and probably get largely, you know, what he needs. But Bryson is, you know, single length on his irons. He has these crazy big grips, right? He's the long drive guy trying to do A, B, and C. Like he has these very particular equipment needs. And so what would happen? What happens if this happens, Tony? What happens if he becomes persona non grata and all the OEMs, all the manufacturers say, nope, sorry. Yeah, well, you can have equipment or whatever, but we're not going to help you. Where does Bryson think he's going to go because the best minds in R&D, the best, most equipped individuals to help solve these problems for him are exactly the people that he's pissed off and frankly should just say, you know what, right? you go figure it out. You're not worth the trouble. Where is he going to go? I mean, I, I do. I do wonder. <laughs> I don't know. know. He was, we know he was at Ping. You know, messing around yeah. with some stuff. And those guys yeah. are, they're about as curious as they come in this industry. And so maybe they, they might take him out as a pro, as a project because it, it allows them to, to dig down into some crazy rabbit hole that they were just looking for an excuse to go down anyway. But right. man, I just, it, at some point, it's not worth the headache. And, and maybe, you know, if, they, if it's not a financial relationship necessarily, if it's, yeah, we'll, we'll work with you. We're not going to pay you anything, but we'll work with you because we think this is, this is right. worth pursuing because we like to pursue wacky things right. maybe. And that that's probably the best case scenario, but at some yeah. point, like you just get tired of, but even so um, in that situation, role, the bulging role is all wrong on this. You guys don't know what you're doing kind of thing. It's like, right. I, 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 I highly doubt Bryson would be sitting there telling. Yeah. Bryson's not going to sit there and tell Marty Jertson what to do. Bryson's not going to sit there and tell, <laughs> you know, think? I well, I think may I try, but I mean, you. yeah, I mean, no one, again, guys being exceptionally intelligent with what they do. I, I don't see that power dynamic shifting me like, oh, okay. You know, anyway, Correct. sorry for the little rant, five good minutes on a, on a great mailbag topic. Maybe there will be more, but as always find us golf spy T golf spy C we're out on the interwebs. 
questions. Ask us questions about the most wanted stuff, about the testing. What can we do? What other information would you find helpful? And Tony will get right on that. I guarantee you he's got <laughs> he's got nothing but time on his hands, nothing guys. But you know, nothing time. but time. But until next time, we out.